In the four. The Tigers coming to bat. They lead one run, five hits, and no error. The Reds, no run, two hits, and one error. The run was made in the top of the third inning when Sullivan singled behind first base and then was moved down on a neat sacrifice by pitcher Newsom. He held on as Dick Bartell propped up to second and held on as Barney McCoskey drew a base on ball. The first of the two given up by Derringer. Paul purposely passed Sullivan in the fourth inning. And then Charlie Geringer hit one that did not come up on a bounce at third base. And by the time that Werber recovered it and threw, the play was practically over, but Billy tried to make the play anyhow, and the ball was low, got away from Frank McCormick, and in came the run from third, a single in there on the play. Now here's Dick Bartell, first up in the fifth. Swings and hits a fly ball out in the center. Mike McCormick goes back one step, waits and takes a long line drive type of fly ball deep in the center field. One up, one out. Up the fifth. Here's young McCoskey. Outfield around toward right. McCoskey hitting left-handed. Steps up and takes a strike. He looks as though he might be bunting. Billy Werber came tearing him from third. Pitch was taken. Strike one. Turns an easy swinging stretch. A high kick throws. There's a fly ball drilled out into right field. Ivel Goodman comes up. The right fielder waits and makes the catch. That's all for Barney. Two men up. Two men out. Top of the fifth. Hitter is Charlie Geringer. One for two this afternoon. He's five hits so far in the series. Geringer batting left-handed. Easily balanced. Takes a strike. Fastball in there. Nothing in one. Del Baker walks up and down with quick steps back at third. Geringer takes outside. All one. Red Chris got the first. Hollers at the eye, Charlie. Mike McCormick at first, takes his cap off and settles it back on his head. Eddie Juice picks at his uniform down at second. Here's Geringer pitching. Geringer takes a low, slow curve outside for ball two. Swim one. One just missed. Geringer walked down off the mound a few feet. He wasn't too happy about the decision on that. But Amaya smooths out a little rough spot in front of him at shortstop. Pitch now is swung on. There is a high pop fly into short left field. He shortstop his back under it and makes the catch right at the edge of the grass. And that's the story for the top half of the fifth inning. Gehringer popping up to short. So the only break of the ball game so far was the ball that Gehringer hit with men on at first and second and running with two out in the third inning. The ball was a hard chance for Werber. A hard chance to knock down, and then he tried to make a desperate throw with a low throw to first. McCormick could not field it clean, and the ball rolled away about five feet. And just by that margin, did Sullivan, who was running all the way from second base, slide in, and just by that margin, is it a one-to-nothing game rather than a nothing-nothing game? Great pitching and great defense, except for that one play situation in the third inning. And here is Jimmy Wilson walking out of the Cincinnati dugout, and slipping up to the microphone is Bob Elson. It's always... A uh, great pleasure to work a series ball game with Bob. It's just as much a pleasure for me to be with him as I know it is for you to hear him. So here he is, Bob Elson. Thank you very much, Red, and nice job. And fans, I don't have to tell you that uh, going into the last half of the fifth inning of this uh, World Series ball game, which is the deciding game, you can sit right on the edge of your chair because this is still very much anybody's ball game. A one-to-nothing ball game, deciding game, 
So what a setting it is for this number seven game of the series. Right now the Tigers lead by a score of one to nothing. And the first man to bat for the Reds in the last half of the fifth inning is going to be Wilson. He's been up one time today. Had a single that time, which made his fifth hit of the series. That's right-handed. Now the crowd here, which is naturally a Cincinnati crowd, the game is being played in Cincinnati, is taking up the tempo, the old staccato clapping. Buck gets his sign, the first pitch is inside, close, right around his knees for a ball. Buck Newsom has one of the best sidearm curveballs in the business, sidearm fastball, rather, and his fastball is really very, very fast. He also has a slow curveball in good control. There's a high foul that's up here into the stands, a little bit to our left, and it's a count of one and one. Nobody on, nobody out for the Reds. Jimmy Wilson, first man to bat in the last half of the fifth, will be followed by Juice and then by Billy Myers. The Tiger outfield is playing him not too far out. Left fielder Greenberg in his regular position. Center fielder McCoskey has swung off just a bit to the right. And the right fielder Bruce Campbell, I notice, has moved in considerably. Tucks swings around three or four times around. Ball that's inside high, makes it ball two and strike one. The Tigers have made five hits in the ball game. Cincinnati has made two hits in the game. Newsom has four strikeouts. Derringer has one strikeout. Newsom has two victories in the series. One game he allowed eight hits and then the other three. Derringer has one loss and one win in the series. Buck is winding up again. Ball two, strike one. Here's the pitch and there's a low fly ball to center field. It's a hit. A hit to center field by Wilson. His sixth hit of the series and his second hit of the day. Ball hit sharply over the infield, head high, a little bit over head high, and low fly ball to center field. McCoskey didn't have a chance on the ball. He came in, took it easily on the second bounce. And so that is the third hit for the Reds. It puts Wilson on first base, and it brings up the second baseman, Eddie Juice. Now let's see. The Tiger outfield is straight away. Man on first base. We have the tail end of the batting order. Here's the pitch. Juice swings as a ground ball down to Gehringer. Up with it. Over to second out. Back over to first. He's out. A double play. He hit into a fast double play that time. Gehringer to Bartell to Rudy York. Eddie Juice hit into a fast double play. Gehringer pivoted around fast. Fired that ball over to Bartell who caught the ball coming toward the bag. Whipped it over to first base to Rudy York. And it's a fast double play. And baby, that really was a double play. For a double play in shaving comfort, Flip a Gillette Blue Blade in the new Gillette Tech Razor. Man, what shaves you get. Well, that's two out. What looked like the beginning of a very promising rally there was killed with a fast double play, and that was the fourth double play that Detroit has made in the series. They have completed four twin killings, and the Red Legs have made nine. That is a perfect double play. Here's the right-hand batter, Billy Myers. First pitch to Billy, swings, long fly ball, way back in right field. Campbell going back 20 feet, he's there. He's out. He caught that ball deep in right field. As Campbell went back about 20 to 25 feet, and that retires the side. No runs and one hit. And that is the end of the fifth inning. You should hear the way men talk about the comfort they get with today's Gillette Blue Blade and the remarkable Gillette Tech Razor. You'll know why when you get this easy shaving combination. So ask your dealer for the World Series Special Gillette Tech Razor with five improved Gillette Blue Blades in souvenir wrapper. The price? Man, it's only 49 cents. We'll get back to Bob Elson just a moment as soon as pause for safety identification. This is a mutual broadcasting system. 
WGN, the voice of the people, Chicago. Well, fans, the seventh game of the World Series is now going into the first half of the sixth inning. Greenberg is going to be the first man to bat for the Tigers. Cincinnati's out there on the field. The outfield playing deep and straight away. Left field to Ripple, just the edge of the incline, and left field which goes up to the fence. And the first pitch to Greenberg, who was the strikeout victim the last time up, is a ball that's a little bit too close, knee high. Sixth inning. Derringer has allowed five hits. Newsome three. There's a long smash in the left center field. It looks like a hit. It is a hit. It bounces out there in left center. And the center fielder, Mike McCormick, gets it in the second base fast. And Greenberg pulls up at first base with his tenth hit of the series. A hard line smash in the left center field for Greenberg. And that is his tenth hit of the series. Hard wallop, which went over the infield, right over the shortstop's head. On a line, just like a bullet. So that puts Greenberg on first base and brings up the first baseman, New York. He's had six hits so far in the series. The first time today, he bounced down to Werber. And the second time, he fouled out to Jimmy Wilson. Paul Derringer, a big right-hander out there on the mound. Takes a look around, pulls his cap down firmly on his head. Let him feel it, talk it up. Billy Werber, Billy Myers, Eddie Juice, Frank McCormick. Here's the first pitch, and it's a slow curve in close for a ball. Derringer throws that slider of his to perfection. Fine fastball, which is always doing something. It either hops or sinks inside, outside, all the time. And a fine control pitcher. Real good control pitcher. Here's the next one, and there's a high infield fly. The second baseman, Eddie Juice, is right under the ball. It's very high. And he caught that ball just about 20 feet from second base down towards first. About 20 feet from the bag at second base, right in the baseline between first and second. It was an easy play. Juice just camped under it, and so there's one goal. Now the next man to come up is Campbell, the right fielder. He's had nine hits in the series. The first time today he hit into a fourth play, and the second time he hit a fly ball to Ivel Goodman. First pitch is a slow curve. It just missed the corner, and it's ball one. The Tigers lead in the deciding game of the World Series, the seventh game, by a score of one to nothing. Scored the run in the third. Well, Derringer gets, gets his sign again. Here's the next pitch. Campbell takes a fastball way outside, way high. And it's ball two. See what a delightful day today. We certainly had wonderful weather in this series. Bright and sunshiny. Red told you it's a little bit cooler today than it has been in previous days, but it's very pleasant. There's a long fly ball. I believe it's going foul. Swings way off to the right. It does. It goes into the stand, and it's ball two and strike one for Bruce Kent. Two and one. Third baseman, Billy Werber, drops up a new baseball, left over a bit toward the mound, and then crosses at the ball. The outfield is swung to the right, toward right field. Here's the pitch, he swings and fouls one back into the wire. Our mutual booth here at Cosby Field in Cincinnati is certainly well-placed in the spot to give you a view of everything that happens down here below. We're just to the right, looking down on the home plate. That is, we're to the first base side. We're not too high in the air, so that everything is very clear here in front of us. It makes a very, very nice picture. Here's the next picture, Campbell, a slow curveball that he fouls. It's going down the third base line into the stand. And it's a foul strike again. Makes it two and two in the batter. Bill Werber is the head rough-up man for the Reds. Every time somebody fouls one, they toss the new ball down to Billy, and he roughs it up in his hands, gets it back to Derringer. Tigers have a man on first base. He's one out. The next pitch to Campbell. 
just misses the corner, shoulder high. That's that famous Snyder pitch of Derringer's, and it bears away from the hitter. And it missed the corner that time with the shoulder, and so it falls three and strikes two on Campbell. Man on first. I watch that man on first. He'll... There's a quick throw to first base, and Greenberg is back in the bag in plenty of time. He'll break for second with the with the pitch. One goal, man on first, three and two. There he goes. Here's the pitch. It's wide. Worst tie for the ball. He walked in, and it puts Tigers on first and second. Now the third baseman, Pinky Higgins. He hits the ground ball right through the box. Short stop gets it. Steps on second over to his first base, and it's a... Let me see what they're going to call this now. It's out at first base, but it's... It's safe at first base, but it's out at second. Here's what happened. The shortstop went way over behind the bag. He thought that he was going to flip the ball to Eddie Juice, and Juice expected it. But at the last second, Myers decided, rather than flip that ball, he might lose the time because the runner was bearing down on him fast. He dove for the bag himself and touched the bag in time to get the force out on Campbell. But by so doing, he lost the chance for a double play. He then fired the ball to first base, trying for the double play, but missed, getting Pinky Higgins, who was safe at first base by a step. And so it puts Tigers on first and third. It puts Tigers on first and third. Two gone here. First half of the sixth inning. Play at second base with Myers unassisted. Myers is talking to Juiced out there now. Now the next man to come up is the catcher, Billy Sullivan, who's been up twice. He has a hit and a walk. Left-handed batter, the first pitch is wide. Waist high for a ball. The outfield is playing straight away with the right fielder, Ivo Goodman, deep. Higgins on first. Greenberg on third. Here's the next pitch. There's a bouncing ball to the first baseman that goes to his knees. He was going to make sure that that ball didn't go through him. And Frank McCormick, with that bouncing ball, went right to his knees and then got up and raced to the bag to retire Billy Sullivan unassisted. And so in that half of the sixth inning, there were no runs, there was one hit, and there was one walk. And that is the end of the first half of the sixth. Fans, this unsolicited telegram is so important that it bears repetition. It is signed by Joseph P. Schusser, president of the Terminal Barbershops, whose perfectly managed establishments throughout the country are known the world over. Now, here's the telegram. Quote, we have tested your new Gillette Lather Shaving Cream and find it the greatest improvement in shaving comfort in terminal history. We have therefore decided to adopt it in all of our shops to the exclusion of all other shaving soaps now in use. Gillette shaving cream is as far a step forward in shaving comfort as your new Gillette Tech Razor, unquote. Now, men, we offer you a 25-cent tube of this Gillette lather shaving cream, absolutely free, with purchase of 10 Gillette Blue Blades, 49 cents. Supply of these combinations is limited, so get yours today. All right, Bob. Well, we're going into the last half of the sixth inning of this World Series game, and it's a honey... Gillette Company hopes, and we hope, Red and I and Mel, that you're enjoying every play. We're very grateful for the nice letters and telegrams that all of you fans have sent us during the series. We have found one note that, uh, strange thing, a lot of the fans, or not a lot of them, but a number of letters, thought that uh, Red and I were partial to one or the other team. I'm happy to tell you, fans, that those letters are evenly divided. In Cincinnati, uh, a number of fans thought that we were partial to the Tigers. And in Detroit, a number of fans thought that we were partial to the Reds. And so that just about evens it up. However, the letters have been very nice, and we all appreciate them very, very much. I can just imagine how you Cincinnati fans are pulling for the Reds, and how you Tiger fans are pulling for the Tigers. Well, we say now, as we did when the series started, may the best team win. 
Here's the right-hand batter, Paul Derringer. The score, Tigers won, Reds nothing. Game in the last half of the sixth inning. It's still very much anybody's ball game. One to nothing. That run was scored in the third. And here's Derringer coming up to face Bobo with the outfield straight away in the sixth. First pitch, he swings, and there's a foul. Right off the handle of the bat, goes right back into the wire, and it's a foul strike. Dick Bartell is motioning to Campbell to move over a bit into right center. He swings over a bit into right center. McCoskey is dead away in center field, right in line with the pitcher in the bag. Greenberg is playing a little... Well, he's playing just, I was going to say, a little bit back, but he's just about in his normal position in left field. The pitch to Derringer, he swings, and there's a high fly ball into short right. Campbell should have no trouble with this ball. He's right in under it, and he takes it easily for the first out. One gone. Well, here's Billy Werber, who from a Cincinnati standpoint has really been one of the heroes of this series. He's played a bang-up game at third, and he has had ten hits. Been up twice today, flied to Greenberg, and the other time, the second time, the third inning, he hit into a force play. So Billy's up there now with his team one run behind, one out and nobody on, and the ball game in the last half of the sixth. Newsom has allowed three hits. Derringer has allowed six hits. Now Bobo starts to wind up twice around. Here's the pitch. It's perfect. Right in around his knees. It's a call strike. One strike on Billy Werber, leadoff man, third baseman. He'll be followed by Mike McCormick. Buck turns around, takes plenty of time. Pressure on the right foot. He's a big, burly right-hander. Here comes the next pitch. He swings, and there's a pop-up in the infield right near second base. Bartell is going over. Takes the ball about five feet in front of the bag for an easy out. And there's two gone. And so Billy Werber pops out to Dick Bartell. Now the next man to come up is the center fielder, Mike McCormick. I was talking to Buck down in the dressing room before the game or down in the dugout, and I was asking him if he was tired, and he said, no, I'm not. He said, today, I'm just going to go out there and do my best. He said, I'm going to fire, fall back, and look for help if I need it. So far, he hasn't really been in trouble in this ball game. He's only allowed three hits, and they have been well scattered. One in the second, one in the third, and one in the fifth. The first pitch to the center fielder, Mike McCormick, who looks to me like one of the most promising young ball players I've seen in a long time, a right-handed batter, is a little bit close and inside. Fellow Mike, like the center fielder for the Tigers, can do everything out there. He can run, really cover ground out there, and looks like he's going to make a good hitter. There's a bouncing foul down the third baseline. Manager McKechnie gets it and throws it back to Bobo. There's two out for the Red Legs. Nobody on. The ball game is in the last half of the sixth. It's the final seventh game, decisive game of the 1940 World Series. The score, Tigers won, Reds nothing. Tigers keep up that chatter out there. Both teams just keep talking it up out there all the time and shouting words of encouragement to their pitcher. Bucker starting his wind-up two times, three times around. Here's the pitch. He swings, and there's a long fly ball into right center. Campbell's going over fast. Can't get it. The ball is going way out near the wall. It's going to be a double anyway for Mike, and he pulls up at second base, standing up. Mike McCormick just doubled between McCoskey and Campbell on the line into right center field. And that fellow McCoskey can really go. He had farther to go for the ball, I think, than Bruce did. But he got to it first and fired it back in the infield. Well, they were both there. Anyway, it's a two-base hit. And that is the fourth hit for the Reds. And that is the eighth hit for McCormick in the series. And that is Mike's first hit of the ball game. Well, here is Ivo Goodman. Goodman has made eight hits in the series, has not had a hit today. 
And now if he gets a hit, it'll tie the game. Man on a scoring position on second base for the Cincinnati Reds and the right fielder, Ivel Goodman, up at the plate. Buck takes a look around, everybody in place. Tiger outfield has swung just a bit to the right. Getting all ready out there, here's the pitch. Goodman swings, there's a long fly ball back into center field. McCoskey is there, he's out. He backed up and caught that ball deep in center field. Boy, that ball was well hit. Ivel Goodman really teed off on a ball and drove it deep about 375 feet into center field. But Barney McCoskey went back about 10 feet. He was playing deep anyway and caught that ball just about head high to retire the side. And so that is the end of the sixth inning of this ball game. It's no runs and one hit. This game, the seventh game of the World Series, is now going into the first half of the seventh. The run was scored in the third inning by the Tigers. In that inning, the third, Sullivan led off with a single down the first baseline. Newsom sacrificed. Bartell popped out to second baseman Juice. McCoskey walked. Geringer then drove a sharp ground ball down the third baseline to Werber, which was too hot to handle. The ball rolled behind him about five or ten feet, and Sullivan went to third on the hit. Then when he picked the ball up and threw it to first base hurriedly to try to get the batter, and the ball got away from the first base from McCormick on a wide low throw, Sullivan scored. And so you see he scored an unearned run. That is the only run that's been scored yet. We're going into the first half of the seventh. Cincinnati's on the field, and the first man to bat for the Tigers is going to be their pitcher, Buck Newsom, who is getting a grand hand as he comes up to the plate. Cincinnati Reds are shooting for their first world title. The Tigers won it in 1935 when they beat the Cubs. The last National League title holder was in 34 when the St. Louis Cardinals defeated the Tigers. The Cardinals won the world's title in 34. Then the Tigers won it back in 35. There's a fly ball into short right field. Newsom hits a short fly ball. It's the second baseman, the first baseman, the right fielder all after it, and the second baseman, Juice, takes that ball for the out. Cincinnati won their world's title in 1919. That's right, they're shooting for their second. Won the title in 1919. And Detroit won their last world's title in 35, a recent date, 35, when they beat the Cubs. Now there's one gone here in the seventh. Bartell swings, a liner to Werber, and he grabs that ball. A line drive to Billy Werber. He caught that ball shoulder high. It was a very hard hit ball off the bat of Bartell. And that is two gone. Two gone. Dick hit that ball at a mile a minute clip at Billy Werber, but he was right in line with the ball. Here's the center fielder, Barney McCoskey. First pitch is a little bit outside for a ball. Well, regardless of who wins or who loses this world's title this particular time, it's been a grand, hard-fought series. Both teams have had their moments. Both teams have had their stars. Both teams have had their turn at playing outstanding ball. And so, regardless of who wins or who loses, it's been a grand fight in a fine series. McCoskey hits a high, long fly ball deep into left center. McCormick is over there fast and grabs that ball on the run to retire the side. Mike McCormick had to run plenty out there into left center field. Or he had to go to his right to get that ball and run way over, and it retires the side. And so it is three up and three down. And that is the end of the first half of the seventh. Both these pitchers are really going to town out here today. Just like that Gillette Tech Razor goes through a tough beer. Well, the Tigers are going out to the field and the home crowd is standing here in Cincinnati. 
The old superstition, you know, that the last half of the seventh is supposed to be lucky for the home team. Well, I remember that it was lucky for the home team in Detroit in one of those games. Anyway, we're going into the last half of the seventh here at Cincinnati with the score, the Tigers one and the Cincinnati Reds nothing. Buck Newsom is shooting for three wins in a series. Paul Derringer is shooting for his second World Series victory. His World Series record stands so far at one victory and five defeats. You remember, Paul pitched a grand ball game, allowing the Tigers just five hits in the fourth game at Detroit, which he won by a score of five to two. Newsom has won two victories already, as has Walters, and has come back today after just a short rest to try to win his third game of the World Series. Well, it's a grand ball game, and we're just about where we started when the game started. Just one run separates the teams. First man to bat is first baseman Frank McCormick. Nobody on, nobody out. We're starting the last half of the seventh. Detroit outfield playing straight away. Just to, just to make sure, Detroit has a pitcher throwing a few in the bullpen. It's Big Al Benton, right-hander. Greenberg is deep in left field, so is McCoskey. The swing, and there's a line, low line drive into left field. It's a hit. The ball gets between Greenberg and McCoskey. It goes out to the fence, and the batter is going into second base, standing up. The throw is to third base. Frank McCormick hit the first ball pitched on a line over Bartell's head into left field. The ball went between Greenberg and McCoskey. The ball was hit like a bullet, and it's a two-base hit, and that is the fifth hit off of Bobo. That is McCormick's sixth hit of the series, fans, and it was really a drive. He really laid the wood to that one. That ball was screaming out into left field. Detroit is now warming up Benton. Al Benton, a right-hander, and Tommy Bridges, a right-hander, the curveball king. Now here's the left fielder for the Cincinnati Reds, Jimmy Ripple up at the plate. And as you can hear through your radios, Crosley Field here in Cincinnati is in a bedlam. Tigers lead by a run, seventh deciding game of the World Series. The Cincinnati Reds have a man on second base with that tying run. Jimmy Ripple up, the left-handed batter. First pitch, he swings, there's a long drive, way back, 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 back. Pete Campbell couldn't get it. It hit the top of the fence in right field, and here is a runner coming around third base, and he scores. The game is tied up. Listen to the noise. Well, fans, I'm going to talk to you through this bedlam anyway because I want you to know what happened. The batter, Ripple, teed off on the very first ball pitch and hit a long wallop into right field and hit the very top of the screen. It looked like it was going to be a home run. That ball, Campbell went back and made a grand attempt for the ball as he leaped up against the wire out there, bounced off the wire as the ball did. He couldn't get it. It hit the top of the fence. It bounced back into short right field. It bounced back into right field. The second baseman, Geringer, seeing what was likely to happen, had run out there. The ball was thrown back into the infield. The batter stopped at second base, and McCormick scored, and the seventh and decisive game of the World Series is tied at one and one. It is scored naturally as a two-base hit. That is the sixth hit off of Newsom. A man on second base. That was a long double that missed by not more than inches of being a home run. 
Now there's a man on second base. So much time has been taken here that the umpire is allowing Newsom a throw or two out there to get his bearing. So much time was taken while the boys got out there and picked up the paper and scorecards and everything that they give Buck a few throws. Now we're all ready. Last game of the World Series tied at one and one. We're sitting in on the crowning today of a new baseball champion of the world. And boy, it's going to be a hard-fought game. Here's Wilson up. There's an attempted sacrifice. He fouled the ball. Attempting to bunt that ball. It looked like he was going to bunt it right out in front of the plate. Not down third or not down first. Looked like he was going to make the pitcher come in and handle it. And Wilson fouled the ball. An inside curveball off the handle of his bat. And it's just a harmless foul strike. Remember the picture. Last tap of the seventh. The Reds have tied it up. One and one. Man on second base. And Jimmy Wilson is batting. Wilson has made two hits today and has had six hits so far in the series. First baseman Rudy York is drawn way in. He's playing way in on the grass. Higgins is back a little bit. Now watch this next play. York is coming in farther. Wilson bunts down the third baseline. Beautiful bunt. Higgins is going after it. There's the throw to first. He's out. Higgins to Geringer, who covered second. He bunted down the third baseline making Higgins come in for the ball. The ball was too close to the line for, for Buck to come over and get it. So Higgins raced in, picked the ball up, and fired at the first base. It was a perfect sacrifice, and it puts a man on third base. A sacrifice for Wilson. Ernie Lombardi is going to bat for Juice. Listen to the noise. Well, these Cincinnati fans, I don't have to tell you, wherever you're listening to this World Series broadcast, whether it's far out there on the coast, California, or up in Canada, are naturally excited. Here's their home team coming from behind and tying up the ball game. Big Snozzle Lombardi, who's been laid up with a very bad ankle, is coming out to bat for Eddie Juice. There's a man on third base, there's one gone. And the seventh game of the series is tied at one and one. Now let's see. Time is called again. Here's Bartell coming in to talk to the pitcher. Big Bartell comes in to say something to Buck. They're going to walk Lombardi. Ernie Lombardi is not going to get a chance to swing that lumber in his. No, sir. Big Ernie is going to get down on first base just as fast as Bobo can throw four wide ones up there. He is getting an intentional pass. That's the picture. There's the third one. Billy Sullivan is way outside the batter's box. Snazzle couldn't reach that with a telephone pole. Way outside, ball four. That brings up the shortstop, Billy Myers. Undoubtedly will get a runner for Lombardi. Here he comes over. Linus Pryde. Got there warming up. Now let's see if he's coming in to run. He's talking to McKechnie, and McKechnie's walking over near the Cincinnati dugout. Well, let's see who we get. The seventh and decisive game of the World Series is tied in the last half of the seventh at one and one. One out, a man on first, and a man on third for the Red Lakes. We got a runner for Lombardi. Here he comes over. Linus Pride. Got there warming up. Now let's see if he's coming in the run. He's talking to McKechnie, and McKechnie's walking over near the Cincinnati dugout. Well, let's see who we get. The seventh and decisive game of the World Series is tied in the last half of the seventh 
at one and one. One out, a man on first and a man on third for the Red Lakes. Mr. McKechnie has not sent a man out yet. He's been over to the dugout. There he goes. Fry is going to run for Lombardi. Fry, who's going into the ball game anyway in place of Juice. And the Deacon figures he might as well be in there now. Linus Fry, who's been out of the series with an injury, is going to run for Snaz Lombardi. Man on first, a man on third, and Billy Myers, the shortstop, who has been up twice today, single. The first time was up again in the fifth inning when he flies to right. He has a three-hit total for the series. He's up in there, a right-handed batter. It's anybody's game. We're tied at one and one. Wherever you happen to be listening to this World Series game, what an exciting picture this is. A man on first and a man on third for the Red Legs. And Buck Newsom ready to pitch to a right-handed batter, Billy Myers. First pitch. It's right over the plate, and he slams a long fly ball. Way back in the center field. Way back near the wall. And McCoskey caught it right against the center field fence. And here is the run scoring. And Cincinnati leads in the World Series. Seventh decisive game, 2-1. to one. Well, every once in a while, we back away from this microphone here in our mutual broadcasting booth at Cincinnati to let you hear the crowd noise rather than to try to compete with it and talk over it. The score now, the Reds 2 and the Tigers 1. Myers hit a fly ball all the way to the center field fence, and Ripple just walked in from third. Fry at first base, ran halfway down, and then beat it back to first. Now here's the pitcher, Paul Derringer. Billy Sullivan, the great little Tiger catcher, steps out in front of the plate, kicks that dirt a bit, steps back in there. It's a two-to-one ball game. It's still anybody's ball game. The teams are separated by just one run. This is the last half of the seventh of the decisive game. Buck takes a look around to see where everybody is. They're all in place. The outfield is straight away behind him. Here's the pitch to Derringer, and Derringer swings and fouls a big roundhouse curve right up around his shoulders, and it's one strike. One strike on Derringer, one man on, two runs are in. Two hits, a walk, and a long fly ball have been good for two runs. Now he gets the sign out there again. Here's the next pitch. There's a swing and a miss. There's a throw to first, and the runner Fry dove back into the bag safely, and he swung his body around to the right field side, just put his bare hand on the bag, so Rudy York had nothing to touch. He's in there safely. Head first slide back into the end of the bag, and he swung his body away around to the bag to the right, right field side with just his hand, his bare hand on the bag. Two strikes on Derringer. Fly on first base. Watch it. Here it is. It's a ball low and outside, and it's one and two. Ball one and strike two on the batter. Tigers talk it up out there in the infield. Higgins at third. Bartell at short. Geringer second. York at first. The outfield is straight away. He's already out there again. Here's the next pitch. It's a curve ball. A bouncing ball to Higgins' is left. A gloved hand stab. Play at second base. And Higgins thereby set a new record on that play. Getting an assist on that play at, third ba at second base. Throwing that ball to second base for a force out. And Mr. Higgins set himself a new World Series record for third baseman on assist. And that also retires the side. Cincinnati made two runs. There were two hits. And there was one base on balls. And that is the end of the seventh inning. Bob, I want to read this wire to the fans. And here's what it says. I've been my husband's barber since he lost the use of his right arm four years ago. 
but thanks to the Gillette Tech Razor and the Gillette Blue Blade, his morning shave is as smooth and fast as today's World Series. Thanks for both. That's from Mrs. T.F. Hudson of Memphis, Tennessee. Well, folks, see for yourself how the Gillette Tech and the Gillette Blue Blade make the easiest shaving combination money can buy. Ask your dealer for the World Series special Gillette Tech with five Gillette Blue Blades, just 49 cents. We pause for station identification. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. WGM, the voice of the people, Chicago. Well, fans, we're going into the first half of the eighth inning of this seventh game of the World Series, and the first man to bat for the Tigers is the second baseman, Charlie Garinger. Charlie's been up three times today and has had one hit. First pitch is a... First pitch was inside low for a ball. The next pitch he swings on for a foul strike. Pinky Higgins just broke the record, World Series record, for chances accepted, which was formally held by Ozzie Bluegie of Washington and which was established in 1924. Nobody on and nobody out for the Tigers. Score two to one. There's a hit, a sharp hit into right field by Gehringer. Puts him on first base with his second hit of the day and his sixth hit of the World Series. Well, now it's a chance for all the Tiger followers to hope. Of course, we won't hear as much noise when they do something because this game is being played in Cincinnati. The noise down at Detroit, you remember, was when the Tigers did something. That was a sharp hit on the ground into right field by Gehringer, and it went through the right side of the Tiger infield like a bullet. Man on first base and nobody up. And that is the seventh hit, the seventh hit off of Derringer. Now, time is called while the center fielder, Mike McCormick, comes in for his glasses. The sun is getting very bright out here. The boy runs out there with his glasses. Mike McCormick plays center field, ripple left field. And a right fielder in right field is Ivo Goodman. We're in the first half of the eighth inning at Cincinnati, and the score is 2-1 to one in favor of the Reds. The Tigers scored in the third, one run. The Reds scored in the seventh, two runs. Here's Greenberg. First pitch, a slow curve. He fouls off the handle of the bat back into the wire. One strike. Greenberg struck out once today, but he made two hits. And he's had ten hits already in the series. Now a new ball is tossed down to the third baseman, Billy Werber. Roughs the ball up in his hands. Fires it back to Paul Derringer. Derringer takes a little bit of time getting ready out there, so Greenberg walks out of the batter's box. Hank has a big blue five in the back of his gray uniform. Now he steps up in there again. Derringer and Newsom have pitched all the way. He's set now, digs in. Man on first base and nobody off for the Tigers. Here's the pitch to Greenberg. He swings and there's a liner to the shortstop. Throw over the first base. He's safe at first. Safe at first base. Very close over there. And the catcher, Jimmy Wilson, goes down to argue with the umpire, Basil, about it. But there was no argument while it was a very close play, an attempt for a double play at first base. The play went from Myers to McCormick. The runner, Gehringer, slid back in there safely. So there is one gone. Greenberg met that ball well, but hit it right on the line at the shortstop, Billy Myers, who caught it head high and very nearly turned it into a lightning-like double play. Charlie slid back into that bag in a hurry. This ball game is in the first half of the eighth. Now the next man to come up is big Rudy York. He's been up three times today, bounced out, fouled out to the catcher, popped out to the second baseman. He has had six hits in the series. This is still very much anybody's ball game. It's two to one in the seventh and decisive game. Reds lead in the first half of the eighth. 
Here's the pitch. There's a high fly ball in the center field. The center field, center field of McCormick is under this ball in right center and takes it. That ball was very high. Mike McCormick had to go over into right center field. He's getting very close to Ivo Goodman there as he caught that ball for the second out. And so it's two gone now. Next batter is the right fielder, Bruce Campbell. Here's Bruce Campbell. Been up three times today. First time hit into a fourth play. Second time flight out. Third time walk. He has had nine hits in the series. The first pitch is slow ball. It's too low for a ball. Paul Derringer on the mound. Pitched all the way against Big Buck Newsom. Two great pitchers in this seventh and decisive game. Gearing around first base. Here's the next pitch. Fastball. He hits a high fly ball. Very high into right field. Right fielder is coming in a few feet. Goodman is right under it. And he takes it to retire the side. No runs and one hit, and that ends the first half of the eighth inning. Run right through the roster of the Detroit Tigers and the Cincinnati Red Legs. Take Greenberg, York, and Newsom, Ripple, Werber, and Goodman. They all shoot the moon when telling about the kind of quick, easy shave they get with today's improved Gillette Blue Blade in the modern Gillette Tech Razor. And men, you can take it from old Red Barber that you'll feel the same way about it the first time you slip a Gillette Blue Blade in the sensational new tech. So this, beyond doubt, gives you greater comfort than any shaving combination ever developed bar none. Take our word for it. After all, you aren't risking a set because the tech is sold on a positive money-back guarantee. So ask your dealer for the World Series Special Tech Razor in souvenir wrapper for only 49 cents. Five Gillette Blue Blades are included. You get the most comfortable shaves a man ever had or your money back. All right, let's get with uh, Bob Elson in the last half of the eighth inning. Thank you, Red. Well, fans, stay right around that radio of yours. You'll probably see a lot of action yet here today. These Tigers are fighting hard to get back into this ball game, and they're only separated by one run. Cincinnati leads two to one. The Reds scored two runs in the seventh inning. Now Big Buck is out there on the mound, taking plenty of time. Billy Werber digs in at the plate. He's the first man to bat in the last half of the eighth. Werber has had ten hits in the series, been up three times today without a blow. And now fans were all set to start the last half of the eighth. What a setting, what a ball game here for the seventh and decisive game. First pitch, he slams a long foul way down the left field line. He hit that ball a mile down the left field line, but it was foul, you could tell right away. Buck Newsom takes his glove off now, gets a new ball out there, walks around. Takes plenty of time getting ready. It's gray right now. The sun has gone down, and it's a little bit cool. See what a game this, what a game this has been. Now he's starting his wind-up. Here's the next pitch to Werber. Werber swings and throws the bat all the way back to the Cincinnati dugout. Werber went for a sharp curveball right up around the letters, and the ball, the bat slipped out of his hands and went all the way back to the Cincinnati dugout, and the bat boy brings it back to him. Nobody on, nobody out. Ball game is in the last half of the eighth. Cincinnati leads two to one. Tigers talk it up out there in the infield. Higgins, Bartell, Charlie Gehringer, Rudy York. Pitchers getting all set out there now. Billy Werber digs in. Digs his spikes firmly into that turf, firm footing. Buck swings around. Here's the pitch. Right call right above his knees. A perfect curveball cut in right over the outside corner. And Billy Werber is called out on strike. Well, that's five strikeouts today for Buck. 
Now the next man to come up is the center fielder, Mike McCormick, whose one hit today was a double, a double that came in the sixth inning and gave him eight hits for the series. I don't think I ever recall a World Series where there's been so many stars. Boy, you can pick out a half a dozen outstanding players on both teams. The bunt down the third baseline. Higgins comes fast. Fair-handed attempt. No play. Safe at first. Pinky Higgins raced in for a slow-rolling bunt down the third baseline. Tried to make a bare-hand pickup, but there's no play. And it undoubtedly is a hit. There it is. A base hit. Bunt down the third baseline, and Mike McCormick beat it out for a hit. As Pinky Higgins raced in, tried to make a bare hand pick up of the ball. is the only way he can make it. Got to pick that ball up and fire it with the same motion, but he couldn't make a play. And so it puts Mike on first base. And that makes seven hits. Seven hits for each side. Here's the left-handed batter, Ivo Goodman. And on first base and one gone, there's a beautiful curve. Oh, what a curveball that time. Right around his knees. And it's a call strike. Right in there. Tiger outfield is swung around to the right. Playing deep out there, McCoskey in center field, Campbell in right field. Run around first base, now he'll edge off. That's Mike McCormick, the center fielder. Now Buck is ready, here's the pitch. Fastball, it's high and outside. And it's a ball, makes it one and one. Ball one and strike one. The last time that either of these teams has won the world's title, Detroit won it in 1935. The Reds won it in 1919. Pitch is getting set again. Here's the next one. A slow curve and it just missed the corner for a ball. Makes it ball two and strike one. Two and one. Just in case I forget leaving this ball game, let me compliment all the umpires on their fine work in this series. Lee Ballenfant, Red Ormsby, Bill Clemens, Steve Basil. The four umpires assigned to the 1940 World Series have done a grand job. Here's the next pitch, and Ivo Goodman hits a pop-up. It's out of play. It's off here to the left. The catcher's taking this ball, but I don't know he can't get it. It drops back on the screen. Billy Sullivan made that long run from home plate all the way back here to the screen, which here in Cincinnati is about 85 to 100 feet. But the ball hit on the screen, and it's a foul strike. Ball two, strike two on Ivo Goodman, right fielder. Reds are batting, last half of the eighth. Man on, they lead by a score of two to one. Now Buck picks up that rosin bag out there and dries his hand. He's looking for center field right now and showing up that big blue 12 in the back of his gray uniform. Buck walks around out there in the center of the diamond, takes plenty of time. He's the same type of worker in any ball game. He always works in this fashion, unhurried, takes a lot of time. Run on first base, short lead off, watch it now. Ball two, strike two, here it is. He swung at that ball, went all the way around and struck out. That was a curveball right up around his shoulders. He swung at it and struck out. That is six strikeouts for Newsom. And on first base for the Reds, the next batter is the first baseman, Frank McCormick. McCormick started the rally for Cincinnati in the seventh inning when he doubled to left field. That followed a double that was nearly a home run on top of the wire in right field in front of the bleachers. A poke of 375 feet from home plate. Out of pitch to McCormick is wide. A curveball outside of the knee for a ball. And on first base, Frank McCormick batting. Two out. Tiger outfield is playing plenty deep here on Frank. He can really give that ball a ride. 
Pitcher takes a lot of time out there. Arms over his head. Now he's set again. Here's the next pitch. It's a curveball and a beauty. He caught the outside corner. Boy, that was sure a honey. And that's what you men will say about that Gillette Tech Razor. You'll find out a real honey every time. Pat Newsom looks back at the scoreboard. He wants to check up on the count. It's ball one, strike one on a right-handed batter. Frank McCormick will nervously fidgets around with the peak of his cap. There's a runner on first base. And there's two gone here in the last half of the year. Buck is all set now. Here's the next pitch. It's a ball. That is a sidearm fastball. And it just missed the outside corner waist high to make it ball two and strike one. Well, this has certainly been a wonderful series. We certainly hope that you've enjoyed every play. Wherever you happen to be listening to these World Series games. Right here now in Cincinnati at Cosby Field. We're in the last half of the eighth with the red batting. Two out, a man on first. And a ball two, strike one count on Frank McCauley. Now Buck is getting a sign. Here it is. Ball wide. Ball three. Makes it three and one. Next man due to come up will be the left fielder, Jimmy Ripple. Well, I'm sure that nobody is going to try to pick out any individual hero of this 1940 World Series. You can take any one of a dozen fellows and give them each a plaque. Because this, this World Series of 1940 has been replete with outstanding plays and really outstanding players. There's been all kinds of heroes. Getting all ready again. Here's the next pitch. He swings and there's a high short fly ball just back of the shortstop. The shortstop Bartell backs up and takes it easily to retire the side. One man is left on the bases. No runs and one hit. Well, we're going into the first half of the ninth inning. First half of the ninth inning. The 1940 World Series. What a World Series this has been. Paul Derringer out there on the mound. The crowd here at Cincinnati is yelling, hold that tiger, hold that tiger. And these tigers have shown on more than one occasion that they're a, a pretty bad uh, tiger to fool with. They can really slap that apple, as they say. Boy, what, what an exhibition of hitting they've given in a number of these games. And fans, it also is a comment, uh, not out of line, that this World Series has run absolutely true to pattern. You remember all the experts in your city or any city, in fact, all over the United States, in looking at the series before it started, all said it was going to be National League pitching and defense, and always remember that pitching is about 80% of defense against American League power. Well, it has run that way, and the balance has been just about even. It's been a grand series with outstanding play on both sides. It's the hope of our sponsor, the Gillette Safety Razor Company, that these ball games have brought you a lot of pleasure. Well, here's a right-handed batter up. Pinky Higgins has a ground ball to the left of Wilbur. Up with the ball on the second hop, a long peg. He's out at first. Wilbur to McCormick. Listen to that yell from the crowd. That's one gone in the first half of the ninth inning. One gone in the first half of the ninth. Next batter is Billy Sullivan. Billy has had one hit previous to today and one hit today. That gives him two hits for the series. Two hits for the series. Left-handed batter and a dangerous hitter up there. Paul Derringer getting his sign. The Cincinnati outfield is playing around to the right. 
Pitcher Derringer looks around, everybody in place. Third baseman Werber playing drawn in a little bit. Here's the pitch. Sullivan takes one wide, a ball. The score is 2-1 to one in favor of the Cincinnati Reds, and it's the first half of the night. As you know, it's the last chance for the Tigers. Here's the pitch. Sullivan takes one, a shot-breaking curve right around his knees, and boy, did that ball have a break on it. A very sharp curveball right around Sullivan's knees. Billy steps back out of the batter's box, pulls his cap down firmly on his head, a blue eight on the back of his gray uniform. Nobody on and one gone. Here's the pitch. A slow ball that's too low at the ball makes it two and one. All two and strike one on Billy Sullivan. A perfect day. Two slow teams in a grand game. Now Derringer starts his windup. Here's the next pitch. Sullivan steps away, but the ball broke sharply over the inside corner for a strike, and it's two and two. Billy started to step back on that ball. He thought it was going to break too close to him, but it caught the corner, the umpire says, and it's a called strike. Sullivan is talking to the umpire right now. Now he steps back into the batter's box. Ball two, strike two, one out. Derringer's winding up. Here's the next pitch. It's wide, way outside. Ball three. It's a three and two count. Let's see if a pinch hitter is out here yet. Yes, it is. Earl Averill. Earl Averill, utility outfielder, is due to bat for the pitcher. Derringer's getting all ready. Here's the next pitch. He swings. There's a ground ball down the first baseline to McCormick. He's making the play himself. He's out. McCormick, unassisted. Frank McCormick picked up a ground ball. Way behind the bag, raced to the bag, and beat Sullivan to retire Billy for the second out. Here is a pinch hitter. Earl Averill is going to bat for Buckley. Well, whatever happens in this World Series, Buck Newsom can certainly feel that he did more than he said. Boy, he was a, he's been a grand pitcher in this series. Here's Earl Averill batting for Buck. Two out. Now Derringer's all set. There's a slow curve. It's right around his knees with a called strike. Derringer pitching to Averill. Listen to that noise from the crowd. Averill says that pitch was too low. He's talking to the umpire. Cincinnati has two pitchers in the bullpen, Beggs and Moore. Getting ready again. Here's the next pitch. He swings. There's a ground ball to the second baseman. Juice. A fly up with him over the first. He's out. And the Reds are world champions. Pitching to the noise. Well, fans, the Cincinnati Reds are world's champions. Last time in 1919, they are world's champions now in 1940, run in a great series. We've crowned a new, a new, seen a new champion crown here in Cincinnati, and what a fight it has been. The Detroit Tigers have gone down, but only after a gallant fight, only after a gallant fight, until this series has gone all the way to seven games. And here for a while, here for a while, it looked like the Tigers were going to win today. For Cincinnati, two runs, seven hits, one error. Detroit, one run, seven hits, and no errors. The winning pitcher is Paul Derringer, and the losing pitcher is Buck Newsom. And so a new baseball champion of the world has been crowned here at Cincinnati. Buck Newsom tried to make it three in this series. Big Buck, who had pitched two grand previous games, pitched a wonderful ball game today. But Cincinnati won, scoring two runs in the last half of the seventh to win the ball game in the world's title by a score of two to one. 
Well, fans, we brought you all the games in the 1940 World Series. To make the picture complete, we're going to take you down out of the dressing rooms in just a moment, where Mel Allen and Red Barber will interview managers and players of both teams. But while we're setting up the mics down there, here's a message from Shaving Headquarters. Fans, this has been a thrill-packed series. We've been on the edge of our chairs ever since the first pitch. Now to get the shaving thrill of your life, shave the all-Gillette way. Use the World Series special Gillette Tech Razor, Gillette Blue Blades, Gillette Shaving Cream, Lather, or Brushless. And one final reminder, you get a tube of Gillette Shaving Cream absolutely free with the purchase of 10 Gillette Blue Blades for only 49 cents, the price of the blades alone. And the Gillette Tech Razor, complete with five Gillette Blue Blades, costs the same price, just 49 cents. Now give yourself a break, men. Ask your dealer for these two sensational offers and get lined up right now for a lifetime of shaving comfort. Well, this is Bob Elson, who's had the pleasure of bringing you the last half of this wonderfully exciting ball game. And what a ball game it's been. And now to make the picture real complete, Gillette is taking you to the dressing room. And we switch our microphone now here from our mutual broadcasting booth to the dressing room of the new world champions, the Cincinnati Reds. So take it away, Mel Allen. All right, Bob, here we are in the Cincinnati Reds dressing room. And just one moment ago, in came Bill McKechnie, manager of the New World Champions, just as happy as he possibly could be. And just now coming in to say hello to him and to congratulate him on winning the World Championship was Del Baker of the Detroit Tigers. And I've got them both right here. But first, to the victor belongs the spoil, so skipper Bill McKechnie, who won his World Championship just a few minutes ago. Here he is. Thank you very much. And to the baseball world, I want to say it was one of the cleanest, hardest fought series that I've ever been in and night that I've seen and been in in 35 years. I want to pay my respects to Mr. Briggs of Detroit. The Detroit fans, the way they received us, and to Dell Baker and his whole Detroit organization, and especially to the St. Louis, to the Cincinnati people who have followed us so long and grown up with us, and I know that they're going to richly deserve what has come to them today. Thank you very much, and here's Dell. Thank you very much, Bill McKechnie. And here, ladies and gentlemen, is Dell Baker, manager of the Detroit Tigers, who put up such a valiant struggle and who played beautiful ball all through the series. It's really a tough ball game. Here he is, Dell Baker. Well, to the loser, you can't say a great deal. But I do want to say that we lost to a great ball club. And if we had to lose, I don't know to a better fellow and a greater fellow in baseball than Bill McKechnie. I want to say to the baseball fans of Michigan and throughout the world, that we have no regrets in this series. That's all. Thank you very much, Bill Baker and Bill McKechnie. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm moving away as the photographers go back and forth. Here is the president of the National League, ladies and gentlemen. Fourth can't talk, Mel. I've lost my voice out there booting that one in. But boy, what a series. What about you, Hank Gowdy? Oh, it was a great series, and the other club played great ball, and so did we. Mr. Giles? Mr. Giles? of the Cincinnati Ball Club. Warren Giles, would you say something, please? It's just great. It's great for us. It's great for Bill McKechnie. It's great for the players, and it's great for the National League. So thank you very much, sir. And now I'm going to try to get out here. Mr. Crosley, owner of the Cincinnati Ball Club, here he is. I can hardly talk. I don't know what to say. I'm so uh, excited about this whole thing and so delighted with the ball club. And... Uh, they won it the hard way, but they did a swell job. Thank you very much, Mr. Crosley. I can tell by the way you hold my hand on the microphone that you are emotionally excited. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here is a man who taught us that life certainly does begin at 40. 
if we can pick out any one man at the moment is in front of me as a hero of this World Series, none other than Jimmy Wilson, who stepped in behind the plate to take over in the place of Ernie Lombardi and did a magnificent job. Here he is, Jimmy Wilson. Hello, fans. I don't believe I've ever enjoyed anything as much in my life as I did playing the World Series. And uh, I'm positive this is my last game of baseball, and I certainly enjoyed the way I went out. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jimmy Wilson. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm moving over, trying to get through this crowd, if I can, in order to bring to our microphone Paul Derringer and Bucky Wallace, if I can possibly get to them. Getting all tangled up in our wire. We might make it hang. I just can get through a little bit. Thanks, thanks. I'm moving into the Cincinnati dressing room proper. Here is Frank McCormick. Frank McCormick. Frank, would you say a word, please? I don't know what to say. I'm too doggone happy to say anything. Paul did pitch a great game, didn't he? Certainly did. And ladies and gentlemen, one of the boys who played one of the most outstanding games on either side in this 1940 World Series, a great third baseman, Billy Weber. Thank you. It was a real pleasure to win this series. It was a pleasure to play against the Tigers. They fought a hard ball game every inch of the way, and it's no discredit to them at all that we beat them. There's two, two good ball clubs out there fighting. Thank you very much, Billy. I'd like to get hold of Bucky. Bucky Walters, come here. Here's Bucky Walters, ladies and gentlemen, who picked two magnificent ball games to win two of the Reds' four games. Here he is, Bucky Walters. I'm so happy I just can't play anymore. That's it. It's a great game today, did not well, you, you did all right yourself, Bucky. Thank How you. did you feel out there in the two games? Great. Great. All the way, boy. Never in doubt, was it? Uh, well, all right, Bucky. And here's Paul Derringer, ladies and gentlemen. Paul. Paul. Standing out here. Just say a word, won't you, Paul? Just one word, kid. Ladies and gentlemen, if I can get my wire over to him, Paul Derringer is just outside the dressing room. My wire won't quite extend that far. Paul, just say a word, will you? Well, you that's do all the talking. It's a beautiful ball game you pitched. So just say something. Well, I'm just glad to be here, that's all. Well, it's nice going, Paul. Thank you very much. And now, ladies and gentlemen, everybody's congratulating everybody. The Cincinnati dressing room is just a bedlam of uproar. Everybody patting everybody else on the back. Photographers flashing their bulbs. Everybody's as happy as they possibly can be over the Cincinnati Reds winning this 1940 World Championship. Judge Tennessee Mountain Landers, High Commissioner of Baseball, just came in to congratulate Skipper Bill McKechnie. I'm doing all right, Hank. How are you doing? I got it. This is Hank. And there's the cheer of victory from the Cincinnati dressing room. And now that's just about the picture here as the boys dance about trying to get dressed as quickly as they can. They're lining them up over on the far side to take pictures of the winners. And you've never seen a crowd as happy as the Cincinnati Reds are standing over in the corner up on the stand. Listen to them. And flashlights fire away with lightning-like rapidity. And the photographers holler just one more. And here comes Paul Derringer trying to go over to get into the picture. Everybody grabbing that big right hand of his and congratulating him. There's the... Here again, as more pictures are being taken. And that's the picture then, ladies and gentlemen, here in the Cincinnati Clubhouse. And now over in the other clubhouse, the Detroit Tigers is waiting. Red Barber to give you a picture there. Take it away, Red. Thank you, Mel. And, of course, uh, you have reflected the very happy and uh, completely noisy scene in the other clubhouse here at Crosby Field, Cincinnati. As soon as the ball game was over, the members of the Detroit Baseball Club came into their clubhouses, and naturally the boys went smiling. 
But uh, I've never seen a finer spectacle than the way this team came into the clubhouse. They simply came in, they patted each other on the shoulder, and their only comment was, well, it's been a tough series, and the Reds knew that we were here all the way through. Uh, Brad Baker is over getting uh, dressed. Most of the Detroit players are very busily and quietly uh, finishing their showers, getting completely dressed. And um, Hank Greenberg is coming over in just a moment, as is uh, Charlie Geringer. In fact, uh, here is uh, Pinky Higgins coming out of the shower right now. Pinky, you've had a tremendous third base so far during the World Series, and uh, all baseball has gloried in your very busy and successful activities down there. How have you seen the series as a whole? Well, it's been a very fine series, thank you. And of uh, course, I've never had a pretty good series, but it's always better to win. Uh, if uh, we had to get beat, I'm glad to see you say that it was the Cincinnati Reds. They're a fine bunch of fellows. Manager McKechnie is a fine manager, and it's just too bad we both can't win. <laughs> well, that's the way it always is in a tough series, thank you. Thank you. And uh, here is Joe Baker, who has uh, come back into the clubhouse, has relaxed a little bit. And uh, Adele, uh, now that you've performed a very fine uh, sportsman-like feat, but Certainly, you would do of going over and congratulating McKechnie and his ball club, and you've had a few minutes to sort of collect your thoughts. Uh, what would be your thoughts to the radio audience right now? Well, I'm going to have a good rest the first thing I do. <laughs> there isn't much to say. A uh, loser can't say a great deal, Red. You know that. I know that this bunch of mine deserves a great deal of credit, though. They've been a great ball club, and I appreciate every effort they put forth during this hard campaign. And it has been a hard campaign and a hard series. Yes, you're a man, Dale, have conducted yourselves gloriously. Thank you very kindly, Red. And it's been you. a great pleasure to work with you and the boys here on the broadcast of the series. Thank you. Well, fellas, watch the wire just a second. Go ahead, George. Woody, we got a wire here on the floor. We're waiting right now for Hank and uh, for Charlie uh, Geringer. But see if we can't just slip them right out of the shot. Here's Hank coming over right now. And... Uh, Hank Greenberg, who has performed a very unsuccessful feat this year of leaving his secure berth at first base and going out to work in left field. And Hank, uh, all baseball is part of what you've done this year. Thank you, Red. It was a great series, and of course it couldn't have gone any further. Seven games is the limit. The Reds put up a swell fight, and I guess they were the best team because the best team always wins. I do want to compliment the umpires of both leagues for umpiring a wonderful ball game throughout the series. I do want to extend my congratulations to manager Bill McKechnie and the rest of the race. They deserve it. Thank you, Hank, and a very fine letter to you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the boys are all taking their showers. Here is Buck Houston standing over. Buck, this has been a series that has been great for you and has been very trying. And uh, I know that the haunts of the nation have gone out to you and they have been with you. Well, I haven't a lot to say, only I thank the Berenger picks the best game, and of course I want to extend my thanks to all the players on our club and to the Cincinnati club and Bill McKechnie. As Hank said, the umpire was great. I have no alibi whatsoever. I just got beat. That's all there is to it. Thank you, Buck. And I, and I would like to say hello to my mother. She's listening in my family in Hartford, South Carolina. All right, Buck. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think that what you've heard from the Detroit Dressing Room, the magnificent two-man sportsmanship, is another indication of why baseball is a tremendously great and the fine game that it is. It's been a wonderful World Series. The competition has been absolutely magnificent. The sportsmanship has been of the highest possible order. And, of course, uh, as uh, Pinky Higgins said at the start here in the Detroit uh, Clubhouse, it's just impossible for both ball clubs to win a World Series. And uh, now waiting high atop uh, the stands here across the field, ready to give you a last look at the uh, last baseball activity of 1940. 
here in the home of the new world champions of baseball. It's not awesome. Take it, Bob. Thank you very much, Red. Well, fans, Gillette has brought you the whole package right from the very first pitch of the first game of this World Series here at Cincinnati seven days ago. Right now to the dressing rooms of the new world champions, the Cincinnati Reds, and to the losers, the Detroit Tigers. And I'm sure the two fans, baseball fans, appreciated the things they said just as much as I did, listening through the earphones here, high up in our mutual booth. And so ends Gillette's broadcast of the 1940 World Series. On behalf of the Gillette Safety Razor Company, let me express the hope that you've enjoyed our description of these exciting, hard-fought championship games as much as Gillette has enjoyed bringing them to you. We're very grateful to station WKRC in Cincinnati, the rings all I set up here for us in Cincinnati, and the radio station CKLW, Windsor, Detroit, who took care of all the arrangements are set up over there for the broadcast of the games in Tiger Town. And this is Bob Elson telling you how much we all enjoyed working together on this series. Red Barber from Brooklyn and Mel Allen from New York. We had a grand time at the series as well as bringing you these exciting games. And all in all, it was really a wonderful series to see. And so, fans, that's just about all there is. There isn't any more. So let hopes that you've enjoyed this World Series from the very first ball pitch right down to the end. And now this is Bob Elson saying goodbye from Cincinnati. Baseball season and the entire season is finally closed here with the winning of the world's title. And we now return you to our Cincinnati studios. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. This is WGM, the voice of the people, Chicago. Nelson Brothers' two great furniture bargain centers in Chicago present radio's voice of the people and for the people with Guy Savage. Downtown in the busy lobby of the Chicago Theater, Guy Savage is about to start talking things over with bystanders around his microphone. Before we join the crowd, listen. Don't buy your furniture or rugs till you get Nelson Brothers' prices. Never have those familiar words meant so much in extra savings as they do right now during Nelson Brothers' mammoth headline furniture sales. 